podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the 1874 podcast with myself, Dan Bardell, and my companion, Greg Evans. Been a few weeks, Greg, since we did a podcast. We've obviously had a rebrand now. The whole shebang is 1874. Looks very nice, actually, on the screen with our, with our new software. Yeah, so this is a, a flashy switch for us. How are you? Yeah, yeah, really good, thanks. Um, nice to be back uh, covering a bit of football again. Obviously, had a, had a week at the Open, which was great, uh, you know, Probably a career highlight for me, as those regular listeners that are on the pod will know of my love for golf. Um, but yeah, yeah, good luck. Looking forward to the season starting now. Um, feels like we missed football a little bit. Yeah, it's been a big gap. The under-21s tidied me over for a bit, but I am ready. for Obviously, the Women's World Cup's on at the moment, which I've, I've watched bits of, but I've, I've been so busy this week, I haven't had a chance to to watch any this way. But I'm ready for, for Villa to come back. You always feel excited, don't you, when the when the pre-season games start again. You get to see your new players. You get to see a few of the youngsters as well. So you, you know it's very much on the horizon now. Yeah, definitely. I mean... <clears throat> I used to get a little bit more excited about friendlies, kind of, the, the covering football for so long now um, watered down a little bit of the love for, for friendlies. But when you've had sort of like two months away and you have that first game back, typically at Warsaw, it's great just to get back into it again. And um, as you say, seeing some of the, the new players, you know, some of the younger players who will be the, the, the guy that gets the chance if there are any of those um, and all those little stories that, that are just building up ahead of the season. So, yeah, an exciting time and, and, and look for, for Villa fans, I mean, particularly because, you know, qualifying for Europe for the first time 13 years, um, the fact that they've got a manager in who they really, really, you know, like and are behind now and, and they've made some very good signings. It's exciting times for sure. What do you make of, of playing Premier, to, Premier League team, sorry, in, in friendlies? I've got to say, oh, I think it's good. Because you're playing against top quality opposition almost straight away. And for Villa to play Newcastle, obviously they have Newcastle on the first yeah. day of the season as well. So I find it quite interesting. I know there's the reasons for doing it are probably financial because the rest of the world gets to see the Premier League. And on this occasion, it's, it's the USA. And I know a few Villa fans that have travelled and they're having, having a wonderful time that they literally follow Villa every single place they go. But I actually quite like coming up against the Premier League teams. I thought that was a, a high standard game. Yeah, it's it's fun, isn't it? Actually, I, I met a friend of mine in the uh, petrol station. Actually, somebody somebody who I hadn't seen for a, for a couple of years, and the first thing he said to me was, "You know, any any news on the villa?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the, there's lots going on behind the scenes." And he said he was watching the Newcastle game, um, and in the first sort of twenty minutes, he was going on to betting sites trying to find oh, odds no. of, of Villa to win the league. And I was kind of thinking, <laughs> "Yeah, they, they played well, but you know, don't don't get too carried away." But I think it's good that they have um, they're playing against tough opposition because <clears throat> it's a bit like the charity, <clears throat> the Community Shield, isn't it? You know, typically you've got two teams that are probably going to be pushing for the title, playing each other, and they get to sort of see, you know, um, have a look at how each other are doing um, yeah. ahead of the start of the season. So, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an almost lighter version of that. So, yeah, it's good. It's a good challenge, and good that Villa have got some other tough games coming up now with. Um, you know, Fulham, Brentford, Lazio and, and Valencia, they're all proper tests, aren't they? So yeah, it'll give the, the new players a bit of time to bed in as well, properly. I mean, we're recording this podcast before Villa play Fulham tonight. It's, it's worth saying, so we don't know what the Fulham score is if you're listening to this after the, the Fulham game in America. I think you raised quite a valid point about the community, Cheryl, because I was just thinking then when you were talking, 
Liverpool beat Manchester City 3-1 in the Community Shield, didn't they? And we all know what went on to happen in the season. I think Liverpool finished fifth and City won the treble. So you're right, you're right. You can't actually read too much into it. But it was exciting to see some of the players. And I thought Villa, Villa played well, particularly in, in the first half. The second half, it, it fell away from them a, a little bit. A few, a few mistakes, a few sloppy goals conceded. But it is all about fitness in the legs and trying to get patterns of play and stuff going at this point of the of pre-season. You're obviously not in America, Greg. A few people have been asking what's going on with you because obviously there's a as a new Villa writer yeah. on the scene, which I'll let you explain in, in a second as well. So, do you just want to explain a little bit to the people listening to the eighteen seventy four podcast what is happening at the moment? Uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I've been handed a promotion, so I will be taking on a more senior role next season. Um, most of my, well, the majority of my reporting will now be focused around Liverpool. Um, Jacob Tanswell is going to be the new sort of day-to-day Aston Villa writer. Um, obviously, I'll still be writing about Villa, you know, heavily, and um, you know, speaking to people still at the club and, and going to games. Um, and you know, when there are big topics and big talking points, I will be working alongside Jacob with um, uh, on articles and stuff. But yeah, Jacob will be the day-to-day guy now. We're, we're going to be covering Villa a little bit heavier uh, at the Athletic, obviously, because. Um, you know, of their rise at the table. Um, but yeah, you'll, for, for those who regularly sort of follow me, I'll be tweeting and writing a lot more about Liverpool now. So if, if there's any confusion there, that's probably why. Hopefully yeah. that sort of um, explains a little bit more. And hopefully I'll be getting some more golf tournaments. I mean, no, hopefully last not. week was just amazing. Oh, I didn't mute you last week. I was to Dion Dublin. He was there, actually. Oh, did you? So, yeah, he was one. He was probably the first. If, if you'd ever named an ex Villa player, he wouldn't have been the first one that come to mind. And no. um, lots of fans were trying to take pictures with him. So, yeah, interesting. I'm doing an evening with Dion Dublin next week. So, you know, he's, he gets to see both of us. Wonderful, wonderful yeah. for Dion taking in the golf and, and getting to mix it with us as well. Greg, that, that, that's fantastic. Now, people, okay. you've, you've just explained it kind of, but obviously people will say, you're doing the 1874 podcast, the whole channel's had a rebrand based around what 1874 does, but it is, it's key to say that you're still really going to have your ear to the ground with Villa. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, look, Villa are really on the rise now. We, we want to be covering Villa a lot more heavier than, than previously. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I've been covering the club for a long time now, so it'd be wrong of me to just, um, you know, stop speaking to the people that I speak to at the club and, and following the club in, in as much you know, detail as I do. So yeah, there are, there are certain other projects as well on the, on the side uh, about Villa. So yeah, keep your ears peeled. Ears to the ground, ear to the ground, Greg. Get your eyes peeled, ears to the ground. I made that mistake on something the other week. Actually, that one wrong. It's such a basic one. Yeah, not good for a journalist. I'm going to be honest with you, Greg. You've got to be, got to be getting stuff like that right. But Jacob's, you know, Jacob's already done a few pieces actually on the Athletic. Yeah. They've, been, they've been really interesting. Obviously, every <clears throat> writer is different in their style and he is different to you. I've been speaking to him over the last few days actually as well because I know he's moving to the area and he might not know anyone. So reached out and offered my friendship to, to Jacob. But he's, he's already done a couple of really good pieces actually, hasn't he? And you, you've obviously yeah, linked up yeah, with him yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's going to take him a little bit of time to to get to get used to it. But yeah, very very good writer, someone who who will get stuck into things, um, and hopefully provide lots of stories for for the fans as well. So yeah, if if you're not following him already, um, make sure you do because he'll be the guy that will be covering day to day, and I'll be writing sort of more longer um, pieces, you know, and which will be a little bit more few and far between. So yeah, exciting times ahead for sure. 
And congratulations to you, Greg, going on to, to mix it Thank with the likes of much. Jurgen Klopp. Very well done. Very deserved promotion. Let's not talk about that anymore, though I know you're very shy about things like this as well. Let's talk about our, let's look at our agenda, sorry. And we're going to start with Philippe Coutinho, because you've been writing about, about him, Greg. I think people maybe assume that he may go to Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of footballers obviously off to, mm. to Saudi Arabia at, at the moment. But <clears throat> your article, I think it kind of said, that I read it yesterday, it kind of said that if obviously silly money came in from Saudi, Villa would, would probably consider it. But he's actually done quite a lot for the club behind the scenes in terms of integrating new players and creating an atmosphere. Yeah, it was a, it was a strange one, actually. When I, come to, when I came to write about this and, you know, speaking to various people around the club and um, people that have trained with him, etc., I just wanted to try and get a full picture of, of what people at Villa think of him. And a lovely guy, you know, First and foremost, very, very well respected, and you know, a, a gentleman, a nice guy that, that that the players like, staff like, and get on well with. Um, somebody who, when he first came in on loan, was excellent in probably half of the games that he played, um, and a little bit underwhelming in, in the other half. But my take on it was that he probably did just about enough to warrant a permanent deal, um, yeah. especially at the money that Villa were able to get him at. You know. Seventeen million pound at the time that felt like the you know, relatively good business. Okay, there were a lot of um, a lot of issues behind the scenes. You were thinking he's sort of been on the decline a little bit for the last few years, and, and can he find that spark again? Um, but I do think he was worth a go at the time, judging by his his uh, yeah. performances on loan. I agree. It's just not happened for him injury wise. If he'd have stayed fit. I think we'd have seen a lot more and probably had a completely different opinion of him. But let's be honest, it hasn't worked at Villa. Um, there's no other way to dress it up. You know, his performances, because they have been so few and far between, just haven't been good enough. You know, Villa have not got have not got good value for money from him because he hasn't played enough. Um, it's just frustrating, isn't it? Because you know that he was a brilliant player. You know that quality never goes. Um, he probably scored the but he did score the best goal. My hundred percent, my favourite. I agree. I agreed with you. I loved that, that goal. Was the best goal of the season. For yeah. Sure. And um, you know, it was just frustrating that you know he couldn't kick on from there and start playing regular and more often. So he's never. He's, I don't think he's ever completed a ninety minutes of it. He certainly didn't last season. I'd be shocked if he has. You know, which is just disappointing, isn't it? But look, but the. The take that I, the take, the, the way that I wrote it, and this is very valid, and I wouldn't have written it if it wasn't. He, his arrival sparked a real change at Villa. Now, he wouldn't have come to Villa if it wasn't for Steven Gerrard. We know that Steven Gerrard persuaded him. Villa were then able to put the, you know, the money down and get the deal done. So that was, you know, down to the owners. The owners then watched him uh, during during the loan period and they became really excited and wanted to bring him in permanently as well as Gerard. Um, I believe there was some negotiating behind the scenes with Johan Langer and Christian Perslow, I think, who, who were able to get the figure down because um, initially it was £33 million. But it was one that obviously Gerard wanted, one that the owners really wanted and something that there was um, the others around Villa were buying into. So The player obviously wanted it as well. And yeah, I mean, look, you know, yeah. he, he he had a lot of other opportunities when in that January when Villa came in for him, but it was very clear at the time when Villa were in for him that he was only coming somewhere for the for a clear um, sporting project, you know, some somewhere that was going to be 
very ambitious and 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 had and had big plans and look you know Villa have that they they don't have any trouble selling their vision because they are big thinkers and they are ambitious. Um, now my take on it and and as I say it is very valid is that when Coutinho joined others were right, were willing to join then so Luca Dean wouldn't probably wouldn't have joined if if um, if Coutinho hadn't came in that in that January. Then Diego Carlos, when plenty of other clubs were looking at him, he also decided that Villa was an exciting project, partly because Coutinho was already there, somebody who he respected from the Brazilian national team <clears throat> and, his, and obviously his fellow country. And it was something, well, they looked at it and, and Carlos looked at it alongside all the other things that, that the club were proposing to him. But he was saying, mm, Douglas Luiz, uh, 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 an already... Um, relatively high South American contingent there, Coutinho as well, um, and then all these little things. Kamara as well was another one. If Stephen, what Gerard gets a lot of criticism from Villa fans, and understandably because it didn't quite work. But the one thing that he really did push hard for and make a difference in was bringing Kamara in. Yeah, yes, Villa did all the background work and all the background checks, the scouting department and other people at the club. But it was Gerard who who really convinced him to come. And again, that just plays into the fact that Coutinho was already there. If Philip Coutinho decided that Villa was a big project, then so can others. Um, and look, maybe I was stretching it a little bit to say that Emery um, decided to join Villa because of Coutinho. I didn't mean that. What I meant was because Coutinho had joined Villa, that allowed other players to join Villa and that in turn, built a very strong squad at Villa. And when Emery, who rejected Newcastle, remember, um, was offered the Villa role, he looked at that squad and thought, do you know what? Actually, that squad's got a lot of potential. There's a lot of good players in there on the back of the signings of Carlos and Kamara, etc., as I've already mentioned. And he decided, this, this is a good project for me. I can take that on. And some people listening might think, well, Emery was promised lots of funds and, and that's the reason he took it on because he knew he could bring in players that he wanted. Emery said after the last game of the season, the most important players are the ones that are already here. And he meant that. Yeah, of course, he wanted to bring players in and we knew he was going to. But the large bulk of the squad are the players that are going to stay and that he keeps. So it's a long-winded way of saying that Coutinho did play a big impact in this squad building uh, process. But also, he clearly hasn't done enough. No, I agree with pretty much everything that, that you've said there. I think, I also think for 17 million, if Villa had bought him for 33 million, then I'd say that's a pretty disastrous signing. But they didn't. They bought him for 17 million off the back of what was a an all, all right loan. He, had, he scored on his debut against Manchester United, rescued a point. He had that unbelievable game at home to Southampton. First half against Leeds. I think he put in a really good individual performance at home. So there was enough there to think, yeah, for 17 million, we, we've well, got to get this guy in. So I, I agree with you. I, th I think that was the right thing for Villa to do at the time. I think if they hadn't have done it, they'd have probably got criticism, actually, for, from the fans at the time, from most fans, maybe not all, but I think most fans would, would have criticised the decision not to sign him based on what he'd done in that, in that first half. And everyone was, I was at the player awards when they announced that, mm. that they'd signed him and everyone to a man there, or to a person there, was, was happy. They were happy that yeah. Coutinho had, had signed. Now, he was in a team in the first half of the season that were a mess. There was nobody really playing well in that team in the first half of the season. And a lot was on him because he was Gerard's guy and he was the one that Gerard was re relying on for these moments of magic. But he couldn't do it. Well, it wasn't going to happen because there was no build-up play. There was no real foundation to the team. No tactical nous whatsoever. 
I actually think under Emery, the games that he did play, there was something there. I thought he was bright and he was just starting to get fit and scored a, scored a great goal in that Arsenal game like we've already spoke about. And then we haven't seen him again. So I, I still think him in this team, that's a, that's a good team now, that's a high-level Premier League team that's going to be playing in Europe, I definitely think he's worth keeping around and, and hoping that we can get something out of him. I'm not saying he's going to go in and have the season of, of his life now, but I think there's enough there to, to be happy about keeping him and hoping he's going to come good, I would say. Yeah, I think if you look at it like that, I mean, as you say, you know, the, <clears throat> the talent never goes away. The, the, issue that, the, the issue that I would probably have now with him is that he's now been out for six months, hasn't played any football, and he arrived at Villa now a year and a half ago. And I remember at the time speaking to plenty of people in Germany at, uh, from his loan spell at Bayern Munich and also a lot of people in Spain. And they were saying, look, Coutinho kind of checked out Not 18 fit. months ago. And that was 18 months ago. You know, so he's like, and there were a few sort of, you know, comments that he just, he's just, he's, he's not as good as he used to be. Um, so we're almost three years on now from that stage. And you're just thinking, it's tough, isn't it, for a 31 year old who hasn't really had much football over the last three years now? Mm. Yeah. I mean, sorry, my, my, sorry, my, yeah, my match. I thought you were talking about the Bayern yeah. spell as well. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, yeah, you know, he hasn't, he just hasn't had much football. And it's like, Villa, Villa, Villa are now in a season where they're going to have 60 plus games, um, you know, hopefully. And they need robust and resilient footballers because those are the footballers that are going to keep them in those competitions for longer and, and keep them doing well in the Premier League. OK, if you could get, you know, fleeting moments from Coutinho, that might help. But I just think when, you, when you're when you in Europe and you're playing those Thursday, Sunday games, you, you just want players that you can rely on almost. And if you've got a player who, you know, is on huge money, 135 grand a week, um, and there's an option to sell in this year to get that off the wage bill, that's 7 million a year, is it, off the wage bill, um, and get some money back in to, to, to sort of start balancing the books a little bit after spending a lot already. Um, it might just be an option. If Emery thinks he can get something out of him, then great. You know, I'd love to see him in a Villa shirt playing really well. It'd be really exciting, wouldn't it? But yeah. Just feels that his time's almost passed. He needs to get some pre-season work, and he needs to have a, a strong pre-season to really kind of not hit the ground running, but be fit enough to be involved at the at the start of the season. I've no doubt at all that if he's here, he will start the season on the bench. He's not going to be coming in and and getting into into Villa's first eleven at the moment. But I do think it's one of those where if Villa get the offer of the money, now I think they'd be silly not to take it. Because of the, the the financial fair play, every yeah. every club at the moment is looking is looking at that. I'm doing the transfer shows at Sky at the moment, and in the briefings every morning when I get in, we talk about Manchester United, for example. Every club has got their eye on FFP. If they can make sensible sales, it's a really important thing for clubs at the moment. Manchester United have just done it with, mm. with a Langer, you know, 15 million for a homegrown player off the books, and his wages off the books, and that's why they'd probably be happy to keep Maguire around. But he's back up. If they could shift him on his massive wages and get some money back, it's really helpful. And Villa are no different to anyone else. It'll, it'll be the same for them. And they've signed three really high-level players who will improve the squad and the setup at Villa, at the football club. But they are now the focus. It is going to be on outgoings, isn't it? And if Coutinho yeah. can be one of them, I do think as much as I'm happy for him to stay around, and I think Emery will be happy if he stays around, if they do get the offer, it would be negligent not to take it, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, I mean, you've seen it with Newcastle as well. You know, they're potentially having to move on Saint Maximum. Um, that's not something that Eddie Howe will want to do. But they, you know, they, 
players will have to move on from Newcastle as well because they've signed a lot of other players for big money. Um, and, and as we say, it's the same at, at Villa. You know, you, you, I still think there might be one sale. I think whether that's a Coutinho, whether that's a Baylor, um, you know, I, I really don't hope it's one of the midfielders and I, and, I, and I don't actually think it will be. You know, I, I, Villa certainly have no intentions of selling a Kamara or a Louise. Um perhaps further down the line, you know, they might look at that. But I don't think it'd be a major issue for Villa this season. I think next season's the one for them. If they if they don't qualify for Europe, um, uh, you know, increase the revenue streams, then, you know, FFP is going to become a bit of an issue for them. But look, they do need to make some sensible sales along with every other club in the Premier League that's doing the same. Nakamba's moved on. They've got a bit of money back for him. Sanson's gone on loan disappointing really you want to get yeah. money for him because it's like, you know, it's three it's loans hard. now two loans for Sansa. yeah I mean you know you're losing his wages fair enough but you, you want a bit of money back for him because otherwise you're just not going to get anything um, unless he has a, a brilliant season the issue for Villa now is trying to get something maybe back for Wesley and Davis and uh, Birch and Traore but you know that you're not going to raise too much funds from those unfortunately so um just makes me think there might potentially be one sale, but uh, you know they, they, they certainly don't need to yet. No, it's a t- it's a tough one, isn't it? Because it's not a case of needing to sell to buy. It's a case of you've just got to keep your eye on these things and timing of things with these sales is so important. Like I look back to twelve months ago, I think Villa probably may have been able to get like fifteen million for for Keenan Davis, but Forrest decided to to look elsewhere. You know, twelve months on, Villa aren't getting that because he hasn't done anything for, for for Watford. I think there was a clause in the Watford deal that if they'd gone up, they'd had to sign him for a for a high amount. But they've had a terrible season and not gone up. And now now he's back. Villa aren't a quarter of that maybe that they'd get for Keenan Davis now if if they moved him on. Wesley was twenty to twenty five million. They're going to get very little back for him. His loans haven't been a success. So these things are, are, are all about timing. So I think you're right. In that, for example, I'm just throwing him in his name in the mix. I don't think we should sell him. I really value him as a member of the squad. But if they can get the money back for Den Donker, he's someone who isn't going to start an awful lot of games. So then you look at it and think, do we do we move him on? Now, like I say, I like him. I'd keep him in the squad. I think he's so, so dependable. And in those European games, I think he'd be, he'd be really, really valuable, Den Donker. But they just may have to shift someone at some point. Bailey's been linked with um, yeah. Saudi Arabia today, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, Uno Emery said it over in in, um, in America. He's, uh, you know, he's been quoted as saying there are players in the squad that, that we are willing to move on. So, you know... That the, the filler can get the right offers for them, they will. The Saudi Arabia money is obviously very interesting. You know, it's a completely different dynamic now from clubs because they're looking at it and they're thinking, you know, for money that they might not have been able to get for players previously is now becoming potentially available from Saudi yeah. Arabia. And and I think there are, well, I know there are a lot of clubs out there hoping that big beats come in for their players and they're able to move. I bet they are. <laughs> so. It's a really interesting dynamic, and we'll we'll see how that unfolds. But um, you know, let's not focus too much in departures. The, the, the bottom line for Villa is, and pretty much all, all supporters know, you know, the, the cluster of players that they need to move on, um, and then they probably just have to maybe sell one of the first team fringe players to get a bit of money back and and move from there. I mean, look, the the, the other side of it is. If Villa qualify for you, um, the Champions League next season, which is a very big ask, but it's something that the owners are aiming for, and obviously the manager is too, then things change a little bit because you've suddenly got the Champions League winner. 
Um, and then coupled with the, the increase in the season tickets, you've got a little bit more money coming in from that side. And then the better sponsorship deal that they got with BK8, which was double the amount of Kazoo. And slowly but surely, these revenue streams all just come in a little bit higher. And it's just enabling Villa to, to then buy players at a higher level. Um, without having to sell too much. I mean, if you, you just look at the wingers that, that Villa have signed from the Premier League. Al Ghazi came in, um, obviously, as a lone player initially in the Championship and was then signed. But then the first winger that Villa bought in the Premier League was Trezeguet. Then the next one was Traore. Then the next one was Bailey. And now it's Moussa Diaby. And Stepper. they're going up, 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 up every time in um, not only quality or perceived quality, but, but transfer for, you yeah. know, Trezeguet was elected. 11 million. Jones and by the way, he paid back every penny Trezeguet, really. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he? He wasn't yeah. great, but I tell you what, he didn't have to score some important goals. Indeed, indeed. I mean, and look, you know, let, let's just hope it's about time, isn't it, that one of these wingers really, really set fire. And let's hope um, Diaby's that man because we expect, we hoped that Bailey would be that guy and he just hasn't been, has he? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think Diaby will be the man. Like, I think you're right. I think this is a higher echelon of signing than the other forward players that you've just mentioned that, that Villa signed. I think, I mean, I did a show, you won't have seen it, Greg, because you were golfing. I did a show with Kevin Hatchard, who's a European expert on this channel. Go back and watch that if you haven't watched it already. And he commentates on the Bundesliga. He literally lives up to the name of, of being a European football expert. Now, there's work to be done. On Diaby's game, the defensive side, the, the work rate side of things, but he is an exciting player and he is a higher level player than the, the wingers Villa have brought in previously. And that's the thing now, a player coming in, if they're not the finished article, you just think, look at what Emery did to the to the other players that they worked with that were flattering to deceive under, under Steven Gerrard. And, and it's exciting. I don't know whether you've seen the training clips, Greg, but he, he looks uh, looks an exciting player and he, and he is an exciting player from what I've seen of the Bundesliga as well. Yeah, look, he's going to be a really exciting player. You know, the, the fact that Emery know, knew him a little bit from PSG helped. Um, you know, it's no secret that Nico Williams at Athletic Bilbao was, was his number one target. I'm happier with this signing than that. I would than I would have been with that, yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, I have to admit, I just I haven't seen enough of Williams to to, to, to say to say how good he is. I, just, I think he's more raw than Diaby, personally. I haven't, haven't, haven't watched enough of it. I mean, I... I almost trust Emery because of yeah. he does know how good he is. And if he wanted him, you know, as the number one target, then so be it. But look, these the transfers are just, you know, there's often such a long list of players that that players uh, that managers are considering that sometimes your your fourth choice um, option actually becomes better than the first choice option. It just it's just the way football works sometimes. But um, let's hope Diaby is the better option. I mean, one one thing I would point out is. Villa have actually had him on the radar for a while now, so it's not just Emery's decision. Um, the, the the scouting team who have been in place for quite a while now have have, um, uh, have looked at Diaby, uh, and I believe we're trying, we're considering signing him in in twenty twenty one when when Jack Grealish left. But at that time, Leverkusen still wanted fifty million euros, so so um, it just uh, it just wasn't feasible for them at that point. So it's great that. That the new manager is aligned with the with the scouting department and the Villa are working collectively to to get these deals done. So yeah, um, obviously alongside Monchi and, and Vidagani. So yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. I wanted to ask you about about Monchi because Villa's transfer business would have been well in flight when Monchi came through through the door. So I just wanted to to pick your brain and ask how involved he is. What what would his involvement be in the incomings and outgoings at the moment? I suppose outgoings he'll have a heavy involvement because they haven't happened yet. But in the DRB deal, I've seen people saying about Monchi getting the price down for Torres and Monchi getting the price down for DRB, and I thought I'm not sure that's true at, at this point. 
Is well, it I mean, true? The price went up for Diaby, so you know. Yeah, but being being lower than orig originally quoted, mm. then perhaps it, like Paul Torres, for example, his yeah. fee was lower than his release clause. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we spoke about Torres quite a lot, didn't we? I mean, yeah, we've done it. I'm just asking about Monchi's involvement. Sure, sure, sure. So, um, look, Monchi will, as as this, you know, effectively the sporting director. That isn't his name. He's the president of God knows what. There's too many presidents at Villa. There's a lot of um, things going on in the hierarchy. I, I genuinely can't remember the the uh, the title of it now because, I mean, he just he's the sporting director. You know, that's whatever title he's got. He's the sporting director. So. Um, his job, he, he will be here yeah, to get better deals for the club to, to make sure that the players that sold on um, are moved on for the for obviously the right fees, um, and he will be planning in advance now. You know, we all, we know all about Monchi, the fact that he's he's had this big database of players for so many years and his methods of of working. Um, okay, it was at Sevilla for a very long time, uh, and it didn't quite work for him at Roma, but he's alongside Emery, and they're all on the same page. So they'll be looking ahead. At some of you know younger players, there's a lot of fullbacks, for example, that are under consideration in Spain. Um, that really were look, looking ahead for you know both at right back and left back. Look for this summer. They're planning, they're planning for the future, but if they are maybe able to get a player in who can um, slowly develop, you know, almost as a number two fullback to to one of the current first teamers, then. That might be something they look at, but yet there are certainly a lot of Spanish fullbacks that are under consideration that they're looking at. Um, and it's just things like that that Monchi will be looking at. He'll start to plan ahead now and and, and do this squad analysis and um, see which positions are going to be needed uh, in, in the transfer windows ahead, which players are obviously coming towards the end of their contracts and, and, um, and might be moving on or need renewing, etc. Just typical sporting director roles. Yeah, I mean, one thing we do know in recent days, Emery's come out and said that uh, Duran and Archer are staying. They're going to be involved in the first team squad. Squad. This says, no, I've got to be hand, on his hand on heart. I really thought Duran would end up going on loan, but Emery said him and Archer are, are staying to compete with Watkins. Although it's clear that Watkins is the number one guy in, in, in the front position, but we've seen some some other young players get involved in in preseason. Greg, it's be, it's becoming a little bit clearer now which young players will be at the club. This season, I think Aaron Ramsey is maybe 50 50 at the moment, but Amari Kellyman, he looks a, an interesting player in midfield. He just looks like a modern midfielder the way he, he picks up the ball and, and drives with it and some of the facets to his game. I think he looks, he looks really exciting, doesn't he? Yeah, it's good to see his development, you know, from a, from his personal point of view, of course, and from Villa's as well, because Villa have been, it might not have been necessarily reported as much as um, as maybe it should have, but Villa have been really aggressive signing, you know, players at 14, 15, 16 over the last couple of years. Um, and not many of them have kicked on yet. So to see Amari, Kelly, Kelly, Amari Kellyman um, progressing so well in, in pre-season is encouraging. What this means for the season ahead, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. He's still very, very young, only 17 years old. But what we've got to remember is Kellyman was on the bench and, and, and in the squad for, for Derby at the time. And he didn't want to leave Derby. The only reason he left Derby was because they were in administration at the time. I remember Wayne Rooney coming out saying that, you know, his parents were, were, were sort of really sad that he had to leave. But Derby just had to move on players and, and Villa, fair play to them. They were top of the queue and, and managed to bring him in. And he looks a real talent now. Um this pre-season period will do the world of good. Obviously, spending lots of time with, with the first team players and uh, you know playing minutes in these friendlies, 
be interesting to see if if he does, you know, if he does get integrated into sort of that setup and you know has a few, has a few minutes here and there in in some of the cup games or. I just, I'm, I'm just so keen for young players now, not not just at Villa, but in general, to get out and loan and, and really early. Um, and you know, the, the the parents and agents and stuff that I speak to, they're they're all the same now because lots of lots of clubs don't want to take um, players on at sort of 19 or 20 if they haven't had loan spells. So, mm. you know, the representatives now are trying to get them out really early. It's just a, it's just finding that fine balance of whether they're better suited developing at, at um, uh, the Premier League club because look let's be honest the under the under 21 football does nothing anymore I mean I, I, I hope that doesn't sound too controversial no I, I know what you mean it's not what it used to be the when you played in reserves and you were playing against men basically that's just, not that's not what it is now there's just so many Villa players who I've looked at over the years and thought do you know what you, you're ready but like they've just fallen away just because they've spent too long at the club and too long yeah. playing in under 21 football just get out on loan. Hepburn Murphy's a prime example there. Yeah, and look, you know, he's doing okay now at, at Swindon Town. You know, whether that's his level or not, you know, I don't know. But hopefully, he has a rise and kick and right and, and um, goes back up through the leagues again. But a couple of injuries hurt him. You know, he obviously got a very big contract at Villa. Did he feel like he'd, he'd sort of made I it did. almost, mm. and and then sort of slacked off? But you know, the 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 list of players like that are endless across the Premier League. There's so many of them. Um, but yeah, look, good time for Kellyman. Uh, also a good time for Jaden Philogene now, who um, for, for Villa supporters who haven't followed him, you know, too closely, he's dropped the bidet um, from his surname now. It's just Jaden Philogene. Um, feels like again, this is this is his time. This is his. Moment. He's had a championship loan, hasn't he? Which is that's critical, yeah. I would say. Yeah, look, if if. If Emery doesn't fancy him now, then you know I fear, I fear for him. I fear at Villa. I don't think he's ever really going to get the opportunity. So it's, it's a now or never case for him. Um, had the loan at Stoke, had the loan at Cardiff. You know, really impressive at Cardiff at the back end of last season. Um, uh, Cardiff fans enjoyed watching him. Somebody I've, I've monitored and followed quite closely because he's got a really interesting backstory. He didn't have like the academy upbringing. He, mm. At a club academy, sorry, he was just in a normal academy in London. And fair play to Villa, they spotted you know his talent um, and, and brought him in. Um, there's a piece on the Athletic actually about him uh, where I spoke to the I scout, the scout that yeah that spotted him um, now working in a Championship club. Uh, so yeah, hopefully he can kick on as well because I do feel that there's a there's a there's there's a place almost for for a philogene type player. I, I think there's, there's an air, that area of the field, he, there's, a, there's, a, there's an opportunity, isn't there? I completely agree with you. He's played championship football and done well, which, you know, that's all he can do. Mm. If you, when you're at Villa and you go to championship loan, all you can do is perform well. And he's yeah. done that. Villa worked hard to keep him a few years ago as, as well because he was having his contract was coming towards an end and Villa had to work hard to to hold on to him you know the Chuck Wemeka him and Chuck Wemeka they made their debut on the same game or around or around the same time mm-hmm. they've obviously ended up losing Chuck Wemeka albeit for a hell of a lot of money at the time for someone who had a year left on his on his contract and the club did, did really well there when we, you know when we were talking earlier about clever sales that, yeah. that was a that was a really clever sale that, that the club made that was a good one wasn't it just yeah. looking back on it now sorry to yeah. Yeah. it's alright but but Philogene 
You know, he's done done all he can do, and I don't want. I'm using the word disrespectful because you've used it earlier. I'm not. I'm not trying to be disrespectful in saying this, but I think there's more value to the club in having him in and around the first team than Bertrand Traore, who is inevitably mm-hmm. going to go on a free at mm-hmm. the end of his contract if he doesn't go on loan or somewhere else now. So yeah, there's yeah. more to be had from keeping Villagin around. For me, I'd rather see that the, the club do that. Obviously, I'm in the weird situation at the moment because we all got our opinions on Villa. I'm the same. You, you know, you've got your opinions. Every fan will have their opinions on things at Villa. But ultimately... It's almost irrelevant, what I think, because I have full trust in Unai Emery and ultimately whatever Unai Emery decides, I'm not going to ask any questions because it's, <laughs> it's Unai Emery. I've never really felt like that before, but it's almost like... It's, it's, all, isn't it? yeah. it's almost pointless doing a podcast because it doesn't really matter what, what, what we yeah. think because Emery's the man and everyone trusts him implicitly. I can't even say that word. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's just hope the season starts well. You know, if it's... <laughs> You just don't want it to start badly, do you? And then people, you know, fans start turning on. If on anyway, if we did lose a few games and that happened, I'd be, I'd just be embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, let, let's hope it doesn't, but um, let's hope Villa continue building on the momentum. But yeah, I agree with you there, Dan. Totally, For having Philogene in the squad is, is is way more beneficial than having Traor. The only other thing, the only other thing I would say on that is, if you keep him too long, does he lose his value? And also from his point of view. It might be a case of if he's just sticking around and not playing, you know, he's going to get itchy feet, isn't he? And goes, I think he'll get games. He has 20 players involved in a match day squad. He'll be in that 20 a lot, a lot, a lot of times. I, was, I just think. Do you think he will, though? If he do goes you, on. Look, if you go for the team, like if you go for the squad. Troy Oray goes. Will he be in there, though? Will it? You know, you've. Will the it? European games as well. The cup games. If I'm hoping Villa go well in every cup, you know this all falls I mean, look, apart if Villa, if Villa don't. You just look at the forward options, for example. If, if everyone's fit, you think you've got Watkins, Duran, Archer, Bailey, um, and Diaba. So those are your five real attackers. Does he get in ahead of any of them? Maybe Duran. Um, different type of player, isn't he? Because he'll be playing on that right hand side as a right footer. And then you've got you've now got really stacked midfield. You'd want all of them in the squad, wouldn't you? You'd want. You know, you'd want your Louise, Kamara, McGinn, Ramsey when he's fit, um, Tielemans. You want all of them in the squad. First, and then first then few weeks, we've four... got no Ramsey though, have we? No, no, true. Then you'd want your four centre-halves and you'd probably want Chambers in there because he's versatile. So, all of a sudden, okay. it's hard to fit them in. Talking me out of it, Greg. <laughs> I, just think, I just do... Th- I think there's a there's a space for him. I, I, re- I really do. I think it's worth giving it till January, especially if Ramsey's out at the start of the season, which he will be. It's worth keeping him around. I, I think mean, what, yeah, looks I, like he's I, got I something. What, what would be, what would be, you know, what would make great business sense if this worked would be a big, a big offer comes in. I mean, look, we're just talking hypothetically, here, but a big mm. offer comes in for Baylor. They move him on, get a lot of money back, and then Philogene replaces him, but then does it more or equally as much as Baylor. That'd be a great opportunity. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a great outcome. But you know, I'm just speaking hypothetically there. No, Troyer and Bailey are both very frustrating when when they play, aren't aren't they? You know, wingers is probably, wingers are probably the most inconsistent out of all the football. That's my experience of Villa anyway in the in the in the, in the last three four Premier Premier League seasons that, that that we've had. I just think there is something there with him, but ultimately, Emery will make a decision. He's kind of he's not put his, he's not nailed down his mast yet, Emery, with what he's going to do with him. Has he's kind of speculated that he could be 
mm. involved. They're, they're still deciding pre-season is his time to to, to stake a claim he's that he's ready to play in the first team. Yeah, yeah, that that is the that is the situation. You know, he's having a closer look at him. He's got four more games to have a real good look and see if he can make a genuine impact against good opposition. Yeah, I mean, we're running out of time a little bit here, but quickly, people ask a lot of people asking about Ollie Watkins's contract. Do you have anything any information about that? Uh, yes, yeah, so it's a bit of a slow burner, this one, or at least it has been. Um, you know, I reported that Villa had opened talks quite a while back now. I think it was the back end of, of the season. Um, I mean, typically these things do take do take a bit of time. There's, you know, back, back and forth between um, representatives and, and the club. And I just think they might be sort of sitting tight a little bit because... There's been a lot of interest and a lot of clubs looking at Watkins. You know, Bayern Munich did take a look, Man United had a look. And I just wonder if they're just sitting tight and thinking, do we wait a little bit longer, yeah. see if an offer comes in perhaps? And, and maybe Villa are thinking the same. I, I do know that Villa wants to tie him down. Um, you know, Emery has mentioned that previously. He he wants to keep him. He, he's a big fan of him. Um, I, you know, I mean, something might happen in the next two days, like it did with Tyron Mings, didn't it, when we spoke about contracts? But <laughs> we are cursed with that kind of thing. That's what happens. You do just to sometimes get a breakthrough. You know, you could be talking for a very long time and then all of a sudden yeah. you get a breakthrough. Um, so we'll wait and see. But look, uh, I'd like to see him stay around because I don't think Villa can no. replace him. No, same. And I've said, I said that even when he, before he hit his goal scoring run, Villa would do very well to get someone in who was more effective than Ollie Watkins in Premier League terms. And then he went on that, that massive scoring run that, that he had. I've realised more and more over the last years from knowing you and working at The Athletic and working at, at Sky now, Sky Sports News as, as well, that, you know, so much stuff happens and goes on. So you're right, because Manchester United and Bayern have, have sniffed around there thinking his, his camp will be thinking, do we sit tight? We might be able to get some extra money put on mm. the on the wages here if, if, if we wait. You know, if Manchester United have a concrete interest, we're in a better bargaining position. We'd probably like to stay at Villa, but it'd also be good to get some some extra money. You know, that's just how, how life works, isn't it? Everyone wants to wants to earn more money in their, in their, in their job. Don't they? So I, I do think he will stay, but I think you're right. I don't think there's anything to panic about. At the, at the moment, but you know, people are just waiting. It wouldn't surprise me. We got to the end of the window, and he signed, and he signed a new contract. Yeah, then, that, that, that uh, yeah, I, I think that will probably happen. I'm, I'm not going to say, you know, because uh, I don't know for sure what's going to happen because things can change. But look, just for example, the two clubs that have been interested in him there, and there are others, um, haven't signed strikers yet, have they? Bayern Munich want Harry no. Kane. Um, well, you know, want the um, Erasmus Hoyland. from uh, Atlanta. So yeah. you know. When they get their strikers, things might move. That's just how the dominoes sometimes fall. Yeah, I mean, Hoyland, they're looking at probably having to pay between 70 and 80 million for him, and they're very much paying for potential there. So mm-hmm. I can see why Watkins' camp might be thinking, well, if this doesn't happen, my, my Manchester United come in. I hope to God that doesn't happen, and I hope he, he doesn't go. But the way the transfer market works, like I say, over the last few years, it's really fascinated me even more because there's a lot more to it than I than I ever really thought thought there was. I think that probably does us. Greg, apologies, there was loads of questions sent in, but we have run out of time. I think we've covered some of the stuff that was asked as we've gone through, but maybe we'll do a, a Q&A at some point on, on the channel in the next week or so and, and answer some more of those questions that came in because there were some really, really good ones that, that came in. Thanks ever so much for watching. This is the podcast, the 1874 podcast on the 1874 channel. You'll notice if you're watching via video, I'm actually in the old Villa View podcast booth that I used to sit in with, with, with Tom Julian because I'm in, in London this week, so I've come here to, to record this with, with Greg. So if you're listening via, via audio or video, 
leave us a review give us a like comment if you agree with what greg and i have covered during the pod i look forward to that we'll be back with some more content probably at the weekend when i'm back home there'll be something going out on the channel so keep your eyes peeled keep your ear to the ground for, for those things Greg, my homie, thank you very much for coming on and speaking to me. Thanks, if you man. are going to Liverpool anytime soon, good luck with that. I hope you have a lovely time over there. But still, you know, don't take your eye off the ball at Villa. You're integral I to the show I'll and be, this podcast, I'll be, Greg. I'll be, uh, I'll be on here every week. All week, over all over it. Looking forward to it, Greg. It's going to be a good season. going to be a positive season. I'm really looking forward to it. So, yeah, thanks ever so much for watching. Take care. Up the Villa. Podcast Network.